So uh, this is the album concept hour. Um, you are joining us from quarantine again, and uh, I am Brad LeBaron, your host as always. Uh, and this is the podcast where we listen to the most interesting albums music has to offer. Um, to my left, I don't know if it's to his left, but uh, I got uh, a guy over in Middleton that has been fucking rocking the podcast since the beginning. Who is that that I'm talking about? You're talking about DJ JB. That's DJ Johnny Boy sitting over here in quarantine. And then in the other corner, we have uh, the other OG DJ uh, co-host. That the is Beer Baron. The Beer Baron himself. They call him the Captain Fantastic. We have, uh, what is your name there? David Gallagher. All right, and uh, yeah, we have the uh, we have a tight uh, three person squad here. Uh, the OG squad. The OG right. squad, uh, except for episode numeral uno. Yeah, yeah, and uh, today we have a, a real classic. Um, it's Dave's pick, and it is uh, Elton John's album "Captain Fantastic" and the Brown Dirt Cowboy, and. Uh, you know, it's- it was fun. It was a fun one. I I really was uh, blown away by this one. Uh, what were you gonna say, John? No, it's it's just really great that we're covering this one as a natural pick too, because it's mm-hmm. it's one of the ones that we were first thinking about when we sat at Falbo's. That's we were, true. Like, listing yeah. off names to yeah. like advertise online and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we were, you were gonna do like the album concert and then like a list of albums and stuff like that in the bands. Yeah, yeah. I, this... this was one of the ones that was like on the first like. 15 20 names we picked. yeah it may have even been in the little commercial thing that i made um when i made with the uh all the album covers but yeah it's a it's a it's a really like just solid album um and not like solid in the sense that it's like all hits or anything but it's just very you know, mature and uh yeah i don't know um it's, it's a lot like the other uh 70s albums that we've covered mm-hmm. in that i could like, see that it's it's really a, a strength of the album versus strength of the single. Uh-huh. But this is just such a solid album. It's even proof that again, kind of like Fleetwood Mac was before it, that this was maybe maybe this was before it. I, I'd have to. Look this is the just a little bit before rumors. Yeah, I think so. But this is probably and, while uh, I think this like, is while they had. Um, um, shit, I'm blanking on their names. Uh, Lindsay. Uh, and Buckingham. Oh, yeah. I think this is while they had those. Yeah, no, this would have, if it was like 1975, this would have been like right around the time yeah. they joined the band. But you really hear the. That was when they released their first album. Yeah. What were you going to say? No, it's, 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 it's like, it's, it's. 77. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the production like, even is the very, uh, production is very similar, um, is what I was noticing. But, uh, Dave, yeah. well, why is this, uh, why is this your pick, man? Dave. I had a few other ones I was looking at doing, and the track lists are very long. <laughs> Some like uh, House Cadoos and Arcade, yeah, was up on the radar. But like, are there any that are like twenty? Uh, I, I made a small list of seven or eight, and this is one that just kind of sounded good. 
Okay. I think it kind of fit more what the last few, few ones we've been doing. Mm-hmm. And it's it was one of the last Elton John albums I actually got into. This is when I years ago got into more of the classic rock. It was like Goodbye to Yellow Brick Road, Honky Chateau, uh-huh. Don't Shoot Me, I'm the Only Piano Man. And you were saying you picked up a vinyl of this, right? Was that the I did. first time you heard this? It was just one this? of those, you know amazing price and yeah thought having i've only heard like one song off this album so it was a good goodbye to sit down and just kind of immerse myself in and yeah i was not disappointed was that someone saved my life tonight that, that was the single i would say that's the, i mean that's the one that's the one that i recognize um out of all of these it was the one most I, people do yeah because I don't, I don't even know if I've heard the other, the other nine songs. Honestly, like I really am not sure if I've ever. They're, heard... they've, they're not radio. They've not been yeah. on radio. They're, they are radio hits, surprisingly, hmm. but they are not on the radio. Mm-hmm. I think it was either through a friend or a playlist a while back that I heard it. Mm-hmm. That it kind of stuck with me, but yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah. by any means a radio or anything. Yeah, well, his he's because like Elton John is known for his like bigger like more bravado uh stuff and this is like although it's called captain fantastic it's actually like i don't know it, it's it's really it's raw it's really raw for elton john a little more country a little less rock and roll yeah yeah it's it's um, it's like the humble beginnings yeah i can't quite put my finger Which it on actually, why it's so different Dave, but it, is it so actually different. is about that it's yeah. about like him it's about elton and bernie's like rise to get to fame like the, mm-hmm. the battle that they fought the journey that they went through yeah this uh takes place uh between the years uh like the the theme and the uh, concept takes place within the years of 67 and 69 so it's like mm-hmm. yeah the first two years the um well the the famous um uh you know thing of him not getting married uh to his first love because it was going to be a loveless marriage which is like you know it was i think a big part of the movie um but it was a part of the movie it yeah wasn't a big part. well <laughs> it was it was in the trailer i guess is what i mean because i've only seen the trailer yeah. um but you know it's, Good movie, it's really by the, way, the elton john movie yeah, i recommend it um is it fantastic no it is it is quite <laughs> um is it brown dirt um oh it definitely gets into the dirt <laughs> good 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 his mother was a peach well after you know after listening to this album i a really peach. she sounds nice she's a peach no okay no. The opposite <laughs> like a georgia peach um no. <laughs> well yeah it she seems was, like she was, she was mean man she well yeah mean. without getting into the album like ideas too much like elton john does seem to have a history of um negative relationships with a few women so I could see, I I could I could see where that makes sense, you know, where um, maybe he carried that over to that first female relationship he was in, but um, yeah, there's a lot. Dude, of no, really... no, no. Let me let me let me say this. Okay. <laughs> then we then we can move on. So like when I watched the movie, yeah, and th- and I I read some stuff up that this was actually like a similar thing, like actually happened with him and his mom. His like when they wanted to get ahead of him being gay, like the record company, uh-huh. they wanted to get ahead of it before like the media got its claws into it. And so his, his manager at the time, his boyfriend was like, dude, you gotta tell your mother 
So that way when people come to her, she'll say whatever we want her to say. Like, you got to tell her first. Uh-huh. She can't find out about this and then go to the media, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Man. He was like, after some, after some, like, you know, some arguments about it, he's like, fine. So, so he tells her, and this is, this is like for me watching the movie and doing reading later is like, you find out like when she says, he, he tells her that he's gay and she goes, oh, Reginald, that was his name, real name. I always knew that. And you really, for a second, you think, huh, this woman's actually like a nice, like she is a human being. She understands her son. And then she's like, but I want you to understand that you're dooming yourself to a life of never being loved properly. Oh. And I was just like, damn, that ball dropped fast. Some uh, cold ass shit, For a mom. second, I was like, oh. Yeah. She understands her baby boy. No. no. <laughs> she does, but she she doesn't. <laughs> it's called it's called cognitive dissonance, I think. Um, <laughs> when you uh, when you like support something, but then like when it comes to actually supporting it, you don't. It's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine for everyone else's kids, but not my kids. Just slap it down. Like no matter what, whether that happened in some context or not, the way they did it in the movie, and it was produced and and helped along by Elton John the whole time. The way they did that in the movie that hurt. That hurt yeah, me. Yeah. Like I felt slapped. <laughs> I was like, damn. Well, you know, and, and that's what I, I want to say about need this some, album. I, need some icy hot with that. Like, well, that's damn. what I want to say about this album is like you really feel um you really feel his like kind of struggles, uh, whatever they are at this point in his life, like coming through in his voice. Like it doesn't seem quite as bright and cheery in a way. It's like a little more somber than I'm used to with Elton John. Well, then again, too. But that's just that's like, just my take. This was the end, as we've as we've discussed about this. Album so okay. Since oh, we before we listen. yeah again before we get into it, um, do you know did they decide while they were writing this that this was the last one they were going to do they together? Did not. Okay. It, it was a slow process where like two of the members got canned. Well, yeah, I read and about that like, part. Him and yeah. Bernie just grew apart, and he wanted Elton wanted to work with other people mm-hmm. in the '80s and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, because like sometimes it almost seems like you know, well, this is the perfect like ending, like you. It could have been subconsciously um, done, but yeah, just a great swan song. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe uh, Bernie kind of saw the the writing on the wall and was letting Elton kind of play out like how he wanted this to play was... it out. This was the first album in the last couple that was not done very formulaic like it had been. They actually all put effort, a little love, a little hatred, a little whole emotional spectrum. Mm-hmm. Just like rumors. Album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Correct, I was, that's the one, That's what's most similar, I think, with to this album that we've done. Um, like it is very the production, some of the the themes. Like it's it's. You know, the complication really, of friendships and like lovers and stuff, you know. It's really a product of its time again, you know, like yeah. again, this was a time when <clears throat> whether or not you did wind up breaking up at the end of the seventies, this was a time when, when a lot of egos were clashing. Egos from like the sixties. Uh-huh. Like really starting to clash. Yeah, I, w- I would guess that's when like there was a lot of money being made on the radio. Money was being made. That always People's ideas were mess, more adult. Like when you when you're a kid, up. you you usually seem more willing to work with other people 
Yeah. When you have similar goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as an adult, you want to stay more true to yourself or than you did when you were a kid compromising. Yeah, or yeah. But we should get to the first track. Yes, um, we this is what what's up, Dave? Sorry, you said it looked like you were gonna say something. Say, yeah, it's it's uh harder and harder to stay grounded in that situation as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You almost wanna stay in like a weird nexus of like almost famous, you know. Um, but this first track yes. is uh Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. So this is the uh titular track. Oh man, it's just so full of of different instruments from the gate, you know. So much going on. But it kind of reminds me of the band. The the a the, little the, bit, the intro. yeah. It, and you can kind of hear with the way they're playing that guitar too in the background. There. Yeah. yeah, and it's then that that, uh, that 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 uh, that thing they hit at the end of that clip, where it's like, or it's like a like a I don't know what how to describe it, but. Yeah, no, there's a lot of really uh, cool production stuff happening, and I really like the, I don't know, it seems like it's just very, like, the way he's writing these songs, like, I feel like people maybe in the, like, I don't know, early 90s were really picking up on later, but, like, it doesn't... 20-year period, Brad, this would have yeah, been... Maybe, maybe. 75, 90 to 95, they would have grown yeah, up listening Yeah, some of the guitar work and some of the... Um, you know, some of those things make me think that, like, a lot of people that I like were inspired by this. But. And another quick fun fact, this album is three days shy of being 45 years old. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Happy birthday, to, uh, Happy Captain Fantastic. Happy birthday, Captain Fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. And Stir Brown Cowboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... Yeah, oh, and so to get into the album a little bit, so Captain Fantastic obviously is Elton John. Um and the, the Brown the Dirt, dirt Brown Cowboy. The brown, it's the, remember it's the Brown Dirt Cowboy. Right. It's the, the opposite of what you think cowboy. it is. Um <laughs> but yeah, the Brown Dirt Cowboy uh represents uh Bernie. Um Bernie uh what's his full name again? Bernie Taupin. Um, who, uh, for those that, um, don't know, um, and didn't see the movie is the, uh, lyricist for Elton John. So like he, from the get go of the career, I believe, right. Um, he wrote the the lyrics and then Elton John took that poem Uh and put an orchestra behind it in his head. And that's how Mm -hmm. they produced their music. Yeah, so, um, which was, like, I had no idea whatsoever. So I was I was kind of blown away just when you told me that. I was like, what? These aren't by Elton John? Um, they I are. Thought, well, I mean, 50%. but... 50%. But, yeah, definitely. But I thought it was, like, he was, like, the top, and there was just, like, you know, the musicians that he played with. I had no idea there was this Bernie guy involved. So, my bad. Um, my bad, Bernie. I didn't mean to give Elton all the credit all these years. But uh, no, it's uh, it's it, it it's such a. I think that I, part of the reason it fits so well with Elton John is because the way that Bernie seems to write about like male relationships is so like 
positive and uh, emotion heavy, and he's not afraid to say stuff like "I'm in love with you" towards another man, even though he's like he's a heterosexual dude, you know. Um, it get, it brings a whole John new a long time by this point. Yeah, well, it's it really brings a whole new uh, um, I don't know uh, perspective Understanding on to yeah the yeah it it it, it seems I don't know it means um, so much more to me that there was this like you know pairing of this heterosexual dude and this homosexual dude and they enriched each other's lives and let each other be who they were and grew into these um, two characters uh, eventually you know just a great story but um yeah um any any thoughts on these uh lyrics though you guys want to jump into these so i don't know what the brown dirt cowboy is specifically though um well officially as you said the brown dirt cowboy is burning when when they first got together as as partners songwriting partners he would talk all the time about his love cowboy movies and how he always wanted to be a cowboy mm, okay that was kind of like partly where the idea for this came from oh we're popular now like we can do whatever we want the yeah. record company will give us money to do whatever we want let's do a cowboy adventure like he always wanted to Bernie. uh-huh and yeah. that's kind of like partly how this kind of came about well yeah i mean this is probably this is at their like peak and stuff right like this yes is this was were... this was when elton john literally owned like three or four percent of the entire world's music like mm-hmm. credits like yeah three to four percent of the entire mu- music profit went to him and his band yeah yeah and Bernie. that's um, huge for one person oh no, yeah that's that that is uh that's we there's crazy sometimes like just how like one artist will just break through that's probably the the equivalent back then of going viral you know mm-hmm. um but i like how he f- he he kind of uh frames their uh relationship at the beginning of this like brown dirt cowboy still green and growing city slick captain fantastic the feedback the honey hive could be holding so he's like Sweet it's like it seems like biscuits. it seems like elton is like kind of pulling him this like kind of country boy into this like city slicker life um you know and uh oh then and then when in the clip that we picked um you know um broken young children on the wheels of the winters and the 68 summer festival wallflowers are thinning i like that line too because he's saying like kind of um i think the 68 summer festival is isn't that like uh i think that's monterey yeah, something like Monterey that. Monterey but... would have been the big one, in, like right before Woodstock. Okay, okay, maybe that's what he's referring to, but or or he could be referring to something in, I, it just, the, the sixty-five to seventy was really, really big for music festivals. Yeah, I'm and sure. It's like not that, that that tradition didn't continue, but it was like in the sixties and like the early seventies that was like such a thing. Now it's just regular part of society. You got burned. I think you're right. You got, I think it was the Monterey Pop. Okay. Yeah. Without looking up, I think it was the Monterey Pop Festival. Well, 1968, that was the big one. That was the. Well, so that I was mean, like when Janis Joplin played, well, the Who played with Jimmy. Uh-huh. Jimmy and Pete Townsend like flipped a coin to see who would play first because they didn't want it. The other one wanted to outdo the other. Yeah. 
What's weird is like more people use the summer of '69 in music that I because I've that was heard. Woodstock. Yeah, because yeah, Woodstock, Woodstock is the more popular the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting that he he went with '68. You know, whereas like most, you know. I mean, he he must have actually. Britain's probably a year ahead of us. Well, yeah, I'm sure. Maybe he was there, you know. Um, But uh, it's a. I like that he says the wallflowers are thinning. Like you know, the wallflowers are people that like generally don't get involved with other people and stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's like kind of suggesting that the people that are kind of in their box are getting outside their box a little bit, you know. But are you gonna say something, Dave? Uh, no, I actually lost track. <laughs> lost track. <laughs> I got decided, I got sidetracked pretty quickly on something else. Oh, it's okay. Um, but yeah, this is a, it's a, it's a fun intro, um, for the album. It really, um, just, I don't know, just good, 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 good feeling. Um, the next track is a very interesting, um, track. Uh, the Tower of Babel. Yeah, yeah, Tower of Babel. So getting into some heavy stuff track two. So I know this is about 67 to 69, but do you think maybe that line is Bernie talking about the present, you know? To be honest with you, they could have been, I mean, just because one of the great things about music in general is that because you want a song these days to be condensed with usually within no more than five to ten minutes. You, you wind up mixing meaning sometimes. Like, well, yes, I mean, overall, this well, story double... is about 67 to 69. But well, yeah, there's, it doesn't there's... mean you can't slip in a little... Oh, that reference kind of works. Here. Well, yeah, there's there, there's double meanings, you know, like... Um, yes. But that's why, that's why I, I think that, like, Bernie's leaving all these, like, little clues throughout the album for Elton, maybe. That he will he will learn Remember, later. These people like to these people like to leave the message on the on the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but because you were um you were saying that you know after this point Elton got into heavier drug usage and mm-hmm. stuff, right? It all started. Uh, it, it, this was when it really started to like. It didn't break yet because it he didn't like break until like nineteen ninety. Like that was when the fall. That was when he went to rehab and stuff like that happened. Okay. But like after this was when like things started to like for the original band especially like things started to fall apart. He got a bigger ego. He didn't want to work with the same people that he was working with. He canned a couple members of the band. Then eventually him and Bernie split. Was he into? They wanted, he wanted to work with other people. Was he into heroin? I think was so. That a- his big one was his big one was coke though. Okay, because like junk he smoked a lot of pot and he drank a lot, but his big one was coke. Okay, because wondering if Junk Angel was referring to like you know being a junkie and an angel, you know what I mean? Oh, remember it could be. But of course, and, ju- I guess junkie like, is a term for more than just heroin. You know, cocaine though. is just as big of a junkie. Yeah, drug cocaine as like junkie. Heroin. Yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, the dealer is in the basement filling your prescriptions for a brand new heart attack. So maybe, oh, yeah, that's maybe cool. he is maybe he is talking that's about for cocaine, sure, cocaine right here. Um, but Does cocaine like speeds up your heart. Yeah, and if you do enough, you can easily have like a heart attack or a stroke. Yeah. Maybe he was going really hard at the beginning of their career too, um, since they were. You know, he wasn't. He wasn't going quite as hard. Well, it I was, mean, when you're was really, when you're young, really, though, like, like the big thing he when he met his manager that became like his future lover, husband, person. Uh huh. That was when he started doing a lot because he did it with him a lot. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah. This is a, this is a really somber uh, tune. This is what I'm talking about when I mean like the somber stuff. Um, it's kind of um, yeah. It seems like they're t- turning a turning a corner or something. Um, but Babel is kind of a reference to, I guess, the you know music scene, music industry in general, and kind of climbing up that thing and uh you see there all the there pit, again, pitfalls that come along the way see there again in, in underbelly. yes that's the seedy underbelly they're always talking about <laughs> see though there there again in lies with the song another example of mixing of meanings and cultures like jesus was not in the same part of the bible as the story of babylon oh babylon yeah was very early yeah yeah. Jesus is very late. <laughs> yeah. Jesus is a whole other. Jesus is a whole section. Yeah, I thought that after was strange. After all that ancient stuff, I did think that was strange when you were listening to this. I'm like, wait, but like Jesus never saw the Tower of Babel, <laughs> you know? And Jesus wrote a blank check. He wrote a. Oh, does it say that? He wrote a blank check. No, it's just a cake lyric. Oh, okay. Go <laughs> oh. oh, tell me more. Wow. Wow. Um, but I like the way he says that though, like, cause Jesus don't save the guys in the tower of Babel, you know, like it's kind of like a, uh, kind of cynical, like, uh, dig at, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's talking nice about, jab, but, uh... I don't know if he's talking about like the evangelical people or, or if he's just like talking about how just, I don't know, God has shunned him in general cause he's gay. You know what I mean? You could definitely feel that way. That's for dang sure. Yeah, especially back or then. I've just seen the evil of men in general. Yeah, yeah. Which is very easy to do, especially in that time. Oh, yeah, that's true. Gay. He might. He's not talking because, about necessarily just being gay. Because we, we were so, oh, so, so stupid sometimes. Oh, yeah, no. Judging someone for like that kind of choice. Yeah. Anyways. We can judge someone for anything, man. But yeah, I guess it is talking about, you know, that not only just, you know, the struggle of being gay, but the struggle of just, yeah, all the different, like, people in the music industry that are just trying to get, like, attention, you know, that are, you know, in it because they like the, like, power aspect of playing in front of people, you know, versus, like, the people that are, like... Like the ego? Yeah, exactly. Like, I've met plenty of those guys where it's just, like... You know, you're in this for the wrong reasons, you know, and and the best part, they're not even like that high up or a big deal, but they believe that they are. And it's more sad that way. 
Yeah, it it is usually these guys that never actually got a single or a big break or anything, but they've been working at it forever, you know. They're just like, oh, no, man, I've been doing this forever. I'm the best. And it's like, but how do you, you don't, how can you justify that? There's like 30 people here to see you, so you're not yeah. that big of a deal. You've been doing this for like 10 years? What's going on? You know? Um, you know, I, I like all these, uh, these little lyrics that they, all these little references they put in into one of the choruses, uh, the, the whole Sodom meet Gomorrah, Cain meet Abel. Yeah. Have a ball, y'all. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really like very ancient enemies, you know, kind of. Well, he's talking, about, I guess he's also calling the experience like a real um, uh, hedonistic journey, too, you know? Mm -hmm. Real, real. Well, you know, that's what the story sex, of drugs Babel, and rock and roll type of deal. That's what the story of Babel is in the Bible. Is that the idea was they were building a tower that was so close that they were going to see the UFOs? I mean, I mean that, that it was going to try and reach reach God. Touch and the, God was touch like, the "You're not ready to see the UFO." I mean, you're not ready to touch the glory of God, and it knocked down the tower. Plus, you got to think and it that spread like spread everybody to the five corners of the planet. Plus, you got to think if you made a tower that tall, like it, it might just fall over too. Well, no, and it was. It, that you know, my, my dad, integrity. Big Bible guy, I read the Bible like five times. He I even says they... that part of the moral of the story is we were too smart, too fast. Yeah, <laughs> like it's in, also in, in, in theory, it's... if you're building a tower that tall, you're using some engineering tricks. Someone might yeah. have even been helping us. <laughs> well, it's also a convenient yeah. way to explain why there's different languages and we're, you know. Separate. Oh, absolutely. That, yeah. That's that's the moral it's a great, story. It's a great easy way end. to say that. Um, but yeah, I like how I like how there's just a bunch of Bible references, but they're from all over the place. You know, that is fun. Um, it's a nice it's... way to show an upbringing, but uh, almost uh, detachment from the upbringing, like. Yeah, oh, yeah, this yeah. is what I know, but yeah, yeah whatever. He's really, I'm, he, I'm looking at it from a logical standpoint. Yeah, he's using the correct context for each of those characters, but yes, yeah, in a very shorthand. Um, but yeah, kind of getting more into some of that somberness we're talking about. This song is called uh, Bitter Fingers, it's track three. Oh man, we wanted to include some of the um, some of the weird instrumentals in this album because it is kind of starting to. In it's including some of that uh, synth type of stuff. Well, part part of the reason why I wanted to include that particular clip is because that that whole that that bad piano playing like that's just Elton John going classic in a rock and roll song. You know, that's just that's Mozart right there. You know. That's the same caliber. Like that's what that comes from, you know. That's not pounding the ivory. Yeah, yes. man. He's just fucking going at. He's. It's like a guitar solo, but piano, but like raw piano, not like a keyboard piano, you know. But there is a lot mm -hmm. of good synth though in this. Oh, um, like here and there, like it, it kind of gets a little ELOE, you know. 
No, it was definitely like no, that. No, ELO got a little Elton Johnny. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> His time was later. But, yeah, no, it, I, everyone is, like, experimenting a little bit with it, like, in late 70s, which I think is cool. I think that's why it's an interesting period. Just like, dipping their, their little toes in the pool. Yeah, the yeah, without overdoing it, which is what my you know, main problem with the 80s was for a long time was like there was just too much of it, you know. Now I can, you know, I can see it for what it is and put it in context. But like, you know, when I was growing up, I was like, oh, why is everything so electronic in the 80s, you know? It's just like, it's just like, I don't, I don't get it. But now I get it. It was new. Everyone loved it. Yeah, yeah. Um... So this is uh, uh, a song kind of loosely about kind of being i guess sick of writing songs and just the whole life maybe you know i feel like bitter fingers is talking about him like you know jamming on the the piano and feeling maybe bitter about it well you know he music was like his his escape because it was like it was the thing he was good at, and it got him into the Royal Academy uh-huh. in England. Like literally, like his audition, he went in, and like he went in to like play the piano for this music teacher at the Royal Academy, and she played some like Mozart or or some some classical, you know, real classical piano, and he played it right up until her point, and she was like, "Why'd you stop?" He was like, because that's where you stopped. You know, so he's literally been doing piano for so long. So wait, that, you know, was I, he, he was can he... understand a little bitterness at it. Well, yeah, he's not like, enough to where he ever stops. Well, he's like but... sick of sick of tralalas and ladidas, he says here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's uh, I think he's sick of uh, maybe that's why this album is like less poppy, you know. Maybe that's part of maybe that's intentional, um, because he's sick of the industry in general. Like the bitter fingers, it's very possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean that's the thing about this. That's the thing, you know, about the double meaning. Like, you know, some of the it was obviously written about back then, but it's very prescient to when it came out too, you know, because of what we know about their history, you know? Um, but right side is 2020. Yeah. You know, I think that, I think you're, I think we're right that, that Bernie definitely kind of knew it was near the end and was kind of dropping some hints here and there, maybe, um, in a way that Elton John could, you know, click with, um, well, you know, it was, it was hard for them because they didn't, they didn't really fight. And the movie kind of says they never fought, but even they were like, "Yeah, we fought a little bit." But for the most part, it was very true. <laughs> the movie's like, they "All right, tell us all factors that they didn't fight through most of their musical." I bet the movie people were like, "Tell me the one or two fights you had in great detail. We need that to be a scene because we need conflict." Well, that that's pretty much what it was because they they said in the movie and Elton John has said in real life that like they've never had a fight fight. They uh-huh. have had little fights. They have had disagreements. Little tiffs. But yeah. Little tiffs. But they've never really, like, even when they separated, like, professionally for a while. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I think is they also, you know, respected each other greatly. And 
They did. Each other no. So well. So well. They had a very healthy. They had a very. It was because it was such a mutual relationship. He wrote the poem. Elton wrote the song. <laughs> you know, he he found the music to drive the the words. Well, and I think it they was so fifty fifty. Well, I think they also like were they emotionally supported each other too. You know, I think that they had a good friendship and a good relationship. Um, despite, Very prominent throughout the movie. Yeah, despite right. any of the music stuff, like that's what shows more in um, the lyrics than anything is like they are like they're like childhood friends that like met on the playground or something. You know, that's what this whole album gives me the vibe BFFs. of. Is yeah, yeah, those. That that friend that like you'll always be friends with or whatever that like knows everything about you and like you know can finish your sandwiches, your sentences, Sentence. your thoughts. <laughs> it doesn't work on Zoom, guys. It just with the delay, it's just yeah. I was like, what's Brad doing? Because <laughs> I I said this seconds ago, um, but yeah, it uh, they have re- I really. I uh are you guys all getting uh Facebook stuff right now? Someone trying to get a I hold of I just got one from a friend of mine. Someone's who who's trying to get a hold of Oh god damn it. It's my other Facebook group. Um people want to play siege with me, but I'll friend do that. of mine just I'll shared a video to me. <laughs> That's weird. We all got independent messages from like other streams at the same time. Life's weird, man. <laughs> um <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah, you, you you were saying, um, you know, he he went to the Royal Academy or whatever. Um, he's mm-hmm. probably what he's talking about with uh, Denmark Street here. Um, I'm assuming that's there. Um, wait, hold, let me click on this and make sure. Yep, London, uh, London House for Popular Music Publisher, Publishers. Um, he actually mentions, uh, he, he does another reference to music publishers, uh, in another track too. So like Elton John knows a lot about the history of, you know, classical music industry too, which is interesting. But, um, yeah, I think that's about as much as we can get out of this, uh, this track. You guys want to move to the next one? Yeah. yeah. All right. This next track is Tell Me When the Whistle Blows. Ah, yeah. Mm. Oh, God damn. Best intro song. Like, best intro part of a song on the album hands down yeah after we uh hands listened to that down. song me and john were just like intro intro, intro? We're like yes intro, intro. <laughs> it's got to be the intro because like that it, Dude, like that's... well so so like when he was when he was like first touring like as just a session musician he was he was touring with like like a bunch of like black artists that had come over uh, to England, they okay. like wanted to put him behind as their piano guy on on their like oh, yeah. band, as like the Dude. you know the travel band. That'd be the best fucking. And that piano was guy. and that was so he he was listening to it as like a kid and a teenager, and then he that was like his first professional music experience, 
oh. was like working with all these R and B artists and all these like sixties. Oh you shit! Know, so this is a so, like, actual reference. That's why when that. I hear this song, I'm not trying to sound racist, but I, you you, you want to almost hear like well, no, I mean seventies that's... black artists coming in. Well, yeah, I mean kind of like that's what it feels like. Well, yeah, that's well, that's what I mean. You know, uh, it was a mixing we, of gr- oh, great. Well, it's another. Culture. It's one of those examples of like you know white people you know appropriating it and getting popular with that you know style mm-hmm. that was created by black people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it it really I, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, it's a kind of reference to that point in his life because. Um, you know, this came out of nowhere, this, like, sound uh, for me. I was like, whoa, I didn't know Elton got so funky, you know? Like, this is much more just, I don't know, just focused some, on... Some Bernie funk. Yeah, some Bernie funk. And it sounds a lot like, again, um, Fleetwood Mac Rumors, the bass and that. It sounds, like, almost identical to that tone. Um, oh, those couple songs on 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 rumors in, in particular. Oh, yeah, I can't remember the fun stuff like that. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, it's got a very very similar, um, uh, just yeah, that that funky bass tone that just cuts through everything, you know. But. <laughs> Another th- another note. This this uh, this does sound very, and it's replicated as well or later. It does sound very Motown. Definitely, definitely. You can tell he definitely was a '60s fan. Well, you know, it's weird. Later appreciator of kind of sewer of all music. Sound, yes, yeah, correct. Yeah, I think so. I think he's one of those people that probably just and he loved to rockabilly too when he was a kid. Like rockabilly. That's what. That's why he. That's part of the reason why he loved playing the piano. Yeah, because he loved like hearing like Jerry Lee Lewis and stuff like that. Just yeah, yeah, on the piano, you know. Yeah, definitely. And um, that's part of the that's part of the uh, why this album works so well is because he did listen to that kind of country rock, the rockabilly sound, as it were. Uh huh. You know, so that's why it's kind of came naturally to him. It was just oh yeah, I just gotta dig deep and listen, hear that, hear that country sound. Let well, that twang through. What's up, Dave? Yeah, yeah I can do that. Yeah, what's well, what, what I think is ironic about this is that um, although so musically it's about what we were we've been talking about right now, um, like it's kind of going back to um, Elton John's roots and stuff, but the lyrics are are, are about kind of Bernie and Bernie's roots and going back to. Uh, I think it's about going back home after experiencing all of this like city slicker fame. life and fame. Yeah. Um, it's kind of him like, I don't know, like maybe missing it or, or feeling like he maybe lost uh, part of his like innocence or something. Um, you know, and always I, the cowboy at heart. Yeah, exactly. Yes, definitely. Um, like it's a funky song, but this is definitely like, kind of a kind of a cowboy tune if you look at the lyrics oh it is it most definitely later in the song yeah. that definitely comes through you really feel you feel like you're sitting like if you take time apart and you don't like worry about that issue you'll feel like you're sitting in a saloon 
in the 70s. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But not quite a honky tonk because it's got more R and B flavor than just a regular honky tonk. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and maybe that that bass part is actually in this scenario. It's like a piano. You know, it's like uh, one of those old tinny saloon style saloon pianos. You know, maybe that's you know uh, when 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 uh, when, when Stevie Wonder did that song where they're. You know that was that's on that bass part is on a piano. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's he what did I mean. Synth. Yeah, yes, yes, correct. That's what I mean. Yeah, that that old school um, synth sound. But, well, even Elton John stated that he became Captain Fantastic for sure, and Bernie became the cowboy because as he was went on, he actually got horses and stuff, and actually had like a almost a ranch style setup, and they became the characters that they joked about in this album yeah no that's the uh, uh really cool like when, when story art becomes, when life becomes art art becomes life well <laughs> it, it shows that like they, they knew i don't know it's like they had an intuition about themselves They're you know true to themselves yeah definitely like like maybe they weren't quite that yet but they knew that inside that's what they were you know they they could accept that's who they were um but i really like this line here um part of me asked the young man for the time with a cool and vacant stare of undue concern he said nine um oh yeah it's not so bad but i really do love the land and rather than all these uh diamant lovers in hyde park holding hands you know and then um the last line on that verse is has this country kid uh, still got his soul? So he's like really internally. He's I think he's uh, struggling with that. Uh, maybe that's this is part of what has con- what contributed to him uh, moving away from Elton um, as far as songwriting. You know, maybe reminiscing about you know the years of '67 to '69 also made him remember like that kind of freedom i don't know but any other thoughts on this uh this track guys before you uh, move on just a really solid track yeah yeah just really keeps you driving through this album yeah feels like you're really rolling through the tumbleweeds yeah this track this this album really is like non-stop there's like uh there's not a bad track on it all thriller, no filler. Yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking, actually. I was thinking that exact phrase. Um, but yeah, this is uh oh, this is the the this one. Is the that banger. Everyone, this one everyone knows. Someone saved my life tonight. Track five. That's another one of those really emotional lines, you know? Just, just that damn it has always made me like, I've always felt that line. Yeah. Damn it! You know, it's just, well, it's like the way he says it. It's kind of like, you know, like, like 
no one's listening to him. No one's like trying to. Oh yeah. See, you, you who feel he like really that is. was like that. Yeah. That's a take. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he said that he said that line a million different times, and he would just be like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I can, I can, I can do this better. I don't know. Um, I think maybe this was uh like a one or two take type of deal, but um, it's so cause okay. So there's a story uh behind this song. Every so this is the famous kind of um, you know, story that most people know about if you're an Elton John fan. But um, it's the suicide song. It's about his uh, suicide attempt. Um, after breaking off his engagement with Linda Woodrow, um, who uh, his friend, um, what was his friend's name? Oh, yeah, Long John uh, uh, Baldry and him got, like, really drunk one night, and he's he told Elton John, like, you know, you're going to be in a loveless marriage. Like, you know, basically said, don't do this, you know. And um, the next day or soon after that he tried to commit suicide by putting his head in the oven and then um and then bernie found him and saved him uh from that um but yeah he 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 he, she was pregnant he thought she was pregnant at the time so he saw no other way out of it than to uh commit suicide but he didn't just a prisoner of the times yeah, he, he tried with the the oven and gas, but he also had the windows open too. Man, so. you know, yeah, it, it I was never the, understood putting your head in the oven. It's the best like part a of that lot trailer. Of, a lot of suicide ways, I kind of like on a on a psychological level, I understand. You know, it's but like a... putting your head in the oven never made any sense because I just feel like if you ever were, could could sustain it long enough, or if you ever woke up in the middle of the burning process. It's a really like, ah, my brain is melting. Like I just, it's just like, like that would just be gas. so horrible. It's a really old. It's, it's not really the heat. It's just the gas is on. That's all. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. If you have the wind, okay, we shouldn't be instructing people on how to do this. But you have to have the windows closed if the gas thing is going to take effect. So he was he was doing it the wrong way. Oh, so it's essentially <laughs> like doing it and it like closing the garage yeah. door and starting yeah. the car. Uh huh. Correct. I think it's probably because it's the easiest one. Only of the easier... more painful. Well, no, I mean I think it's one of the easier ways to go. I think that's the logic behind it. But you're it. putting your head in the oven. I feel like you're gonna feel the burn. Like well, like dying if... in dying in your garage. Not is the painless heat... way to go. No, but listen, I understand listen. that. Not if I they don't heat. understand sticking your face. John, 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 listen to me. It just sounds painful. John, listen to me for a second. Uh, you don't have to have the heat on to have the gas going. So. Oh. Yeah. It's just oh. straight gas. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes more sense. Exactly, because like you, you, you literally couldn't hold your head in the oven and do that without your your body stopping huh. you. So. It's, well, yeah, it's that's just, John's it's, stupid moment of the day, and uh, hey, <laughs> I learned something new every day. No, I get, I, I, I get why you were why you were uh, uh, confused and upset because, like, that is that's a ridiculous thing to expect to be able to pull off. <laughs> Lighting your I, head I hope on anybody fire. else listening that had similar thoughts as <laughs> DJ JB Johnny Boy. Well, hey, we we all know now has learned something today as well. We're here to help everyone, and we're, for the rest of help. you, yes. In the proper I way to guitar. to kill yourself with gas. Um, <laughs> anyway, so this song, um, 
very emotional song. Um, it's it is. I mean, you can really hear it. Um, I don't know who Sugar Bear is, but it's one of my favorite parts. Is just she says, "Someone saved my life tonight." Remember, Sugar these Bear. songs were written by a heterosexual man. I know. That's what I love about it. Um, <laughs> but there's a really good quote about uh, about the the song that I found in um, in Genius. Let me just uh, uh, pull it up here. Uh, dot dot dot. Um, where the fuck did it go? Um. Oh, here it is. Um, it's a quote from uh, uh the book Captain Fantastic by Tom Doyle. Um, only when recording the vocal for "Someone Saved My Life Tonight," the raw and moving song that beamed Elton back to the desperate days of Linda Woodrow and the Furlong Road. Was there any real tension in the studio? An embarrassed and irritated Davy Johnstone took the producer aside and said, Don't you think you should take it easy on the guy? Don't you know what he's singing about? He's talking about an attempted suicide. When Elton listened to the playback of Someone Saved My Life Tonight, he was overcome with emotion. He had to leave the room, uh, Dudgeon remembered. He just couldn't take it. So uh, apparently it's something that even like 10 years later, um, he you know it was still that fresh you know emotionally like in his mind so it was something that you know it was a it was a hard hard time in his life had to have been you know but it is it is also like the turning point in his life too in a way because like it was after that is when he started to accept himself more for who he was and um stopped trying to um Stop trying to, uh, I guess, well, he was like, I guess, bisexual, but then he was gay. But I think he was mostly just saying he was bisexual because he, you know, wanted to fit in. But, yeah. But this is about, uh, yeah, it's a, it, it's also he about. He was bisexual. He was yeah. never bisexual. Well, not like not like uh, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury was totally bisexual, but I mean, well, there's a lot of lyrics with Freddie Mercury. Like Freddie Mercury just loved to fuck everyone. That's kind of his deal. Fair enough. Fair enough. But um, I won't argue that. But uh, this is also about uh, his relationship with women. Um, in the sense, like he, you know, uh, he had a, a a bad relationship with his mom that they cover in the movie. <sighs> And um, this apparently a was a really uh, toxic a evil. relationship. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it you know you almost had your hooks in me, dear. You know, um, let's see. I would have walked head on in the deep end of a river, cling to your stocks and bonds, paying your HP demands forever. So he's like, you know, he was like, you know ready to go the whole nine with the marriage and stuff but um you know it wasn't what was right for him you know mm -hmm. so on the track uh long john baldry was sugar bear oh is is that his like nickname long john baldry well that's that's for the song but that's what uh bernie wrote him in is uh, okay okay that's cool I was I was gonna say like Sugar Bear has to be someone, <laughs> someone close. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't just throw in Sugar Bear to a song, you know. 
they really they really do make someone was there for them Mm -hmm. yeah yeah in the course they really do make a, a clear reference though to the to the whole marriage thing you almost had your hooks in me didn't you dear you nearly had me roped and tied, altar bound, hypnotized. Sweet freedom whispered in my ear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that's that's a real, that's a real like what, what do you want to call that? Um, You're a butterfly. Like, like when it no when it like when when, when it generalizes the, like the generalizing marriage. You almost had your hooks in me. Oh yeah, it was almost altar bound. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of those old school uh, uh, terms, mm-hmm. you know, that everyone's pretty familiar with, with, uh, you know, a uh, um, toxic relationship that you're in, you know. But he's a butterfly. Butterflies are free to fly, you know. Fly, to fly, fly away. I wonder, and, and I really like, man, like it really does, it still blows my mind that this is written by Bernie. Like, this is so intimate about Elton John, but the fact that they someone else... very intimate... For so, yeah, someone else could write though. this song that very, is so personal, you know? No, no, not 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 physically intimate. I mean, no, like, yeah. no, that's mentally what I'm intimate. Yeah. What are you saying, Dave? The most intimate you can be without being sexual. They were a yes, very, correct. very close Definitely. couple. Definitely. Very correct. Yeah. Very correct, yeah. yes. I agree. Um, just a great, great friendship. But um, this next track is uh, got to got to get a in parentheses meal ticket. It's track six. Real slop wagon song. You know, now that I think of it, I'm pretty sure I've heard this song, but I've just never known it was Elton John. You know? Because it doesn't sound... It doesn't, yes. Like, when you hear this, like, ooh, this is right. You don't really associate yeah. with yeah. Elton John. I think that I've always just assumed this is some other artist. But... I love I love that guitar part that we play. Oh, the... the... Yeah. And yeah. they play that on the bass throughout the song too. It really re- it, real... it reminds me of like a Paul that's McCartney right. kind of move. A band on the run. Yes, that's exactly yeah, that's exactly bow, what I wrote down. Bow, bow. Yeah, just really driving and just fucking like, you know, gung-ho. Um there's a lot of really like fast strumming guitar happening. Like this is a really like for 70 uh what 75 Seven, this is five. this is pretty high octane. You know, but real go go. Yeah, yeah, it goes hard. It goes real hard. I will say one day I want to sip brandy from a crystal shoe. <laughs> right? You ever sip brandy from a shoe? <laughs> from a crystal shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this one's like pretty. Uh, you know, it's pretty straightforward. You know, about getting a meal ticket and like, uh, you know. Trying to well, like you know the fact that Just trying to survive. Yeah, you have to you have to think about the fact that you need to to eat in when you're in the music industry. You know, you know, and when you when you think about how this is about their journey towards stardom, this would have actually in the middle of that would have been a real thing. Like 
eventually you run out of money. You run when 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 you when you haven't hit the stardom and you're working, but you're so close, but uh-huh. you're like you've run out of money. You've run out of things, places to turn to, and you're just like, God oh, dang it, I just I just need a piece of bread, man. Yeah, I think, with some some butter. Yeah, the meal ticket is like literally <laughs> a record contract, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. Like that's why you know the that's next why. Contract. Yes, exactly. It's the next. It's the next thing that's gonna you know keep your condo going or whatever, you know. But yeah, that's why that's why some actors do blockbuster films every now and again, but do like indie stuff the rest of the time. Cause I got to make money for those. Like you got you to make the monies to do. Yeah. It's it's like I always say. I never, especially especially for bands that do something like they come out with an album that's like their big album. It's the one that they sell millions of dollars and then hundreds of thousands of records. And then uh, like the next one or two albums. Album. Yeah, yeah. And then they do like one or two albums that's like indie or what they want to do. And you and, and people uh, call them sellouts for doing that one album. You're just like, no, they didn't. Yeah, you gotta have money to do what you want sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's so they so, did that for the they did so, that for the studio, and yeah. then the studio was like, here's money, do what you want. Yeah. Well, it's so yeah. You, I mean, you know, it's like yeah, I'm gonna make this art no matter what people think of it because I want to make this. You know, which is the you know that's what you're supposed to be doing as an artist. You know, it's similar or like like a, like a story about that is is about the crash test dummies and they came out with that song in the 90s that just had the whole chorus i was like Rrr. yeah the song was just mm, i believe yeah wait wait, wait. and, and he's song? like he said in an interview one time he's like yeah man people give me so much shit for that like, yeah. dude that paid for me to like i got my parents like i i got them i bought them like a new house and a new car i got really he's like he's like i got my parents out of debt and it set me for life. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> it I did its job. I can't argue with it, you know, as long as they're not going overboard. When it came out, it was like a hit on every radio. Everyone was calling and requesting that song. What that? What? Wait, wait. The one that's like, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, exactly. okay, okay. I know exactly what you're talking it. about now. I remember the Weird Al version of it. Uh, and the only reason it sounded like that was because he wrote all the verses and he didn't have a chorus, but he knew how the chorus wanted to sound. So in the recording, he did that. And then the rec- somebody at the record company like heard that and they're like, no, no, just just keep that. That's a, Just keep that. Roll with it. That's a good move. Yeah, we and, can it, sell and it works. That's a great move, honestly. That's a great, great move. <laughs> well, the proof is in the pudding. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not a yeah, whole lot. tastes good. The pudding is real good, yeah. yeah. It's like that. It's like that Kool Aid, you know. Um, mm. but I mean, there's. I feel like there's not a whole lot to decipher uh, from this uh, true, song in true. particular. I mean, it really is very ticket, self-explanatory. You know? yeah. as we know the way the music industry is now. You know, we've had time to uh, to sit on it for a bit. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But hey, Dave, Dave, Captain Fantastic over there. I got a question for you. Yeah, 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 Dave. What what are what are you drinking? (laughs) (laughs) 
Is it is it a dark beer, Dave? It gets me every time. <laughs> what are you uh, What are you sipping on, Dave? Well, a little uh, behemoth. Ooh, I like from that bottle. Floyds. It is yeah. there. Is that like barley wine? What is that on the the cover? Like that 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 bigger lady with the blonde hair? Yeah, it's Miss Behemoth. Oh, okay, okay, nice. I like that. And uh, what kind of beer is that? You said barley wine, right? Barley wine. Oh yep. man, I miss uh, I miss little sips of your barley wine, man. I don't buy it usually on my own because it's like so intense. But I like to to Damn sip on a little COVID. bit, you know. Yeah. It's only twenty two ounces. Oh, and it's got the nice uh, the nice um, wax um, st- you know style There's coming no down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wiggity wiggity wax, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice. Um, when this is all over, we'll definitely get together and have the actual birthday barley wine bonanza. Oh my god, I can't wait! Birthday barley wine bonanza. Hey, you know, maybe we I can set that. up. We got to put that on like a like a streamer. Like maybe, a uh, maybe one of these days in a the banner, summer, as it were. Maybe one of these days in the summer, I can set up like an outdoor studio, and we can. Um, we can put partitions up social distance and do a do a do Everybody an outdoor social distance six feet away from all my other. neighbors are just like what the we're fuck all is going here on together, <laughs> but we're not yeah 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 so it's kind of like the empty parking lot at the mall dude yes this this is the future of podcasting everyone um <laughs> this is the future isolating this remote podcast. podcast yeah 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 apart together people um <laughs> what about uh what about you john what have you been sipping on today Oh, is it what I think 8. it is? Eight percent ice house. Is... Oh, it's the ice house. All right, all right. Switching it up the today. Ice house. That's nice, Johnny nice. G would say. Ice house. And ice um, house. as for me, um, you know, I like to be tasteful, so uh, I got me a little bit of Corona, extra. Nice. You know, uh, someone's got. Brad, someone's you're got drinking s- the Corona. It's it's now you, know, you have the corona. No, no, no. It's, it's the it's, only way. To how are it. we ever supposed to get back together at some point? Well, someone and do a reunion podcast when you have the corona. Well, someone told Sponsor me. My corona. Someone told me it's a vaccine, so I'm just gonna Damn drink you, as rona. much of this as I can. The vaccine is actually Modelo. Oh shit! Oh no! <laughs> um, but yeah, this You're is doing uh. It wrong. I know, I know. I, I got the wrong Mexican beer. Fuck. Modelo with cerveza. a little Malorts. I didn't put a... That'll solve you right You know what's up. missing, though, is the lime. I forgot to put a lime in. Are you in. from Chicago? I know, I know. I'm, I'm... Have you ever had Malorts, Dave? It doesn't sound good. Yes. It it's sounds horrible. like something that would it's make horrible. you vomit. It's like drinking a, night, it's like Trevor, drinking a nightmare. You remember Trevor? Yeah. He He tricked me into drinking that shit one time. Yeah. And I was like, why would you do that? He's like, because someone tricked me. Yeah, so I had no, to trick you. Everybody's got to get tricked. I remember one time my friend, oh, uh, my friend Reese, shout out to Reese. Um, he get, he bought me a shot of bitters. He's like, hey, you want to do a shot of bitters together? And I'm like, sure. I didn't know what bitters were. So like we both did a shot. I'm like, oh, what the fuck was that? Like, what, what are you doing? Like, that's a drink, but he like liked you know it's the cheapest like you know technically the cheapest rail you can get. So uh, you know, you know I I still <laughs> am not a fan of um, what's that called? 
the 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 hazy the stuff memory that tastes like mouthwash. Is it hazy memory? The other beer the that I'm drinking? <laughs> or no, is that it's, just it's, what it's you a are liquor. right now? And it tastes like mouthwash. Vodka. Everclear. Oh. Uh, Listerine. UV? Was it Listerine? No. <laughs> um. Uh, let's keep right. going. We'll Whatever. So. All right. Let's, all right. Let's, uh, let's, so any yeah, other any other drinks? Any other drinks, guys? Guys. All right, this has been What Is Dave Drinking? Don't chugger. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, uh, you guys want to get on to the next track, or you want to take a yes, break before that? You want to take a break after the next track? Well, I think I think we're on track seven. We yes. might be able just to power through. It's well, already 11. I was anyways. thinking of taking a little break, though. I kind of could use one. Um, but let's do track seven quick, and then we'll do the last three. How about that? This is Better Off Dead. You know, I just now thought of... uh how weird it is that he has a song about suicide two tracks before this one this one's called better off dead yeah well, so well, when we did our know. listen through my one comment was how everything is so well written recorded and upbeat and this poppy feel no matter what the lyrics are behind it you're just tapping your fingers like this is just a great song yeah, this yeah. sounds like it could be like a single off of like Honky Chateau or Yellow Brick Road. It's a very upbeat song. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's just different in some way. Yeah. 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 Like they're, they're like this one in particular. They're messing with like weird time signatures too. Like I'm not sure what it this just is has exactly. A whole different but... feeling compared to the rest of the album, but it somehow it still fits within the album. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's because it's the end of the flow, you know. The end There's of, a lot of power. The the logical end at, of their at the end of the flow, like the, the last hurrah. Even yeah. if it's not the end of the band right away, there's always a there's always a power to the last hurrah. This you does know, seem like, like a hurrah kind of kind of like celebratory kind of track. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it, but it, but it doesn't have to be. You know, like the last hurrah can be a very depressing track sometimes. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't have to be. It's I like know I've said this word a lot today, happy, but somber, you know? you know, a lot of somber. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hold on, I'm just reading. It's uh, just like I said, it's it's a decade's worth of like, it's almost a decade's worth of like them working together. You know, like uh-huh. them, what they've done on their albums, what they've done with, with the writing, what they've done with the music, what they've done with the stuff that they record. Mm-hmm. It's just a very it's, it's it's the end of the process. Yeah. You react without thinking. You do without knowing. You you, you do it without thinking like you you're thinking ah, I can't believe I have to do this again. But all right, well I'm, I'll do it this last time. What? And when you do that sometimes you sometimes you put your heart into it and these people did. Oh musicians did at this time when they knew it was there or when they even felt like it might be the last uh, time uh, you really yeah. you really threw your heart into it and then when you were done you're like yeah well at least like you know 
I didn't I didn't call I didn't phone it in even at the end. Uh-huh. That was an important thing to a lot of artists at the time. Yeah. And this is uh kind of how a, a song kind of about them like forcing themselves forward um through all of that kind of uh mm-hmm. anguish, you know. Um like uh I don't know. There's the uh it kind of uh, really explains like rock and roll a little bit in this one verse here, though. Uh, well, they've locked up their daughters. They've batted, they battened the hatches. They always could find us, but never could catch us. Through the grease-streaked windows of an all-night cafe, we watched the arrested get taken away. And that cigarette, it was a very piratey song. And that cigarette it really made you feel a little bit, yeah, a little bit like a shanty. Yeah, you know, like it really, it really made you feel very. Uh, oh. So what's a good word for it? Like, but he's, ah. but he's like also he's talking about it though. Like he's over it too. You know, he's like talking about all these things, but he's kind of like, it seems like he's like kind of like done with it too. As far as like just you know, well you know they've locked up other daughters and they've batted the hatches. You know, like we've we've been through the motions of rock and roll. You know, um. It just sounds like bar time is for like is a song. It's just all right. Uh-huh. Just go home. We're done. Uh-huh. And that cigarette uh-huh. haze has an ecology beat as yeah. the whores and the drunks filed in from the street. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it really, kind of encapsulates what you were saying there, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get all the again, you get that Motown influence with all the oh, oh I was about to say yeah, the 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 the, the, the harmonies. But done in a very seventies way. Yeah, the harmonies like, in this track I've are really great. Like that again, some of that some of those oohs and those ahs really make you think like I hear in my head just like when we did uh some of those clippings from uh um uh Pink Floyd the Wall. Yeah. Ooh uh, Ruby Tuesday. Something, something clearly like the the a lot of British bands were using to. Does it say Ruby Tuesday in the the wall? No, it's not in the wall. But there's a song the in Beatles? the wall that, that made me think about it. Oh, okay. no, no, Blue no. Sky. Goodbye, yeah. Blue Sky. Uh, okay, okay. Wait, no, okay. I thought it was by the Rolling Stones. I thought Ruby Tuesday. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, Ruby Tuesday in the in the wall. Yes, and that that's made a, me think. Okay. That's a restaurant, Ruby right? Tuesday by the Ruby Tuesday. Isn't that a mm. rest? Isn't that a restaurant? That is a restaurant. Yes. Oh, okay. It's a modern restaurant. Is, it, is the modern restaurant? Thanks, guys. Is the modern restaurant named after the song, or vice versa? Well, I'm pretty sure the restaurant came later. I the came restaurant later. definitely came later. Okay. Was it named after the song? Like, like how? I'm assuming it's got it. Was named after Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a hey, that's a good pull. Chicken or the egg? That's a good pull. Um, <laughs> chicken or the egg moment on the album context. Uh, album. Album context hour. Yes, yes. <laughs> the I'm album context. The, the album concept. Context hour. concept hour. Anyway, we're one. We're going to take a quick break here, guys. And uh, we will jump right back in with the song a little quick. called uh, Writing. The album Concept Hour. All right, welcome everybody back to the album Concept Hour. Uh, we're back with uh, the last three tracks of this album uh, from Elton John. 
called Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. Um, this is the album Concept Hour. And uh, yeah, this next track is called uh, Writing. And uh, I'm going to just play it right out the gate here. We can get into it. That remind you of uh, anyone else of like Paul Simon, kind of. It's a little bit. It's like like Call Me Al, Paul of, Simon. Uh, guitar sound. Oh. Yeah, the guitar, the guitar. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like it's just got that. I don't know what that tone is exactly, but it's like that really. It's like a. Uh, what's the? If there's a specific type of guitar I'm thinking of. Um, like a, like a real like a '50s guitar, but through like modern production, you know. See, see, for me that from the clip that we took, that that's like that's so familiar to me, and I've been thinking about it a lot in the last like two days, and I really think it like takes me back to like it's a skit. And I can't remember if it's from Saturday Night Live or Mad TV, but it's just like, it's a skill where it's just, it's a song, it's a song from online. It's something that's just like, they just bring up, it's it's a never ending line of like cast members. Are you talking about uh, Too Many Cooks? Because that's, oh, that's, that's, that's something. That, that stupid guitar line has been stuck in my head for two days. <laughs> Look up too many cooks. I cannot if you haven't remember where it. I've heard it from. Um, but what is this song it about, like a guys? It's a never-ending song. The song that never ends. The song that goes on and on, my friends. No, it's not the song. We just started that never singing ends. no matter what it was, and then we just kept singing no matter just because. It's the song that never ends. Is that what you're talking about? The, the clip, the, the clip you played, remind me a lot of like Billy Joel. Like, yeah. Like a like guitar, the keys, and just had a very like a camera. I don't know, Rosie's eyes or something, but I had this a really similar sound. Yeah, like uh, like the uh, uh, the 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 vocals. You mean? Uh, just the sound. Yeah, like, I guess uh, I'm not I'm not very familiar with Billy like Joel, the, the but instruments. Yeah, yeah. When did Billy Joel start again? Um, I guess I'm, I'm just kind of asking uh, the ether. 70s, early 70s. Because, like, I, I, I feel like if there's anyone that I mistake for Elton John on the radio, it's Billy Joel. Um, that's why they did. That's why they've done so many tours together. They are the piano gods. Oh, they've toured together? I figured oh, they'd, yeah. I figured they'd, like, uh, give each other a, a wide years, berth. Like, like, God, I, I keep saying couple, but it was, like, 10, 15 years ago, early they did a really big one. Hmm. Early 2000s, there was, was one. Early I was really it was. It was before I moved to Michigan. It was like, oh, three. I was still at Circuit City. Yeah. I remember like I heard like Elton John and Billy Joe. I'm like, I would love to see that. And I, then I saw the ticket price. I'm like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, was it like, like uh, was it like the sun and just was it like the them. Rage Against the Machine and Run the Jewels tickets? It was like a couple which, hundred bucks. Which I am glad now that I didn't get, by the way. 
um, <laughs> for that tour that was is not going to happen. Um, I was on the fence. I'm like, I kind of want to see that. Then I saw the price. I'm like, I again, I don't want to see that anymore. Yeah, it was and only it was only affordable for like an hour. It was affordable for like an hour, and then it was like 150 bucks for like like you know the worst seats. Um, but yeah, getting back to the song though, this is uh this is kind of about um it's getting into the writing aspect. So the you know obviously uh, Bernie was the, the writer. Yeah, yeah, in the process. Yeah, definitely. Um, so living together, writing songs together. Yeah, apparently they would. Yeah, like he would just write the lyrics, and Elton John would write the, you know, write all the music and make a new song, and yeah, you know, power couple. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a pretty oh, sweet geez. life, honestly. Just creating stuff. Well, it was it was a very sweet life for Bernie because. Elton John literally wanted to handle every other aspect for a long time. Yeah, it seems literally like it seems like Bernie, Bernie... Had to, do to get like 40-50% of the credit was just write great lyrics and tour with John and help with the albums. Like that's all he had to do. He didn't Yeah, it's it's really crazy that he just wrote the lyrics, John right? John assembled the bands. Yeah. John wanted to handle the shows. That's why they were so flary and fiery and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, they really, uh, you know, we've, we've said a couple times, like, they have a great relationship, you know. Um, to be able to keep this kind of professional relationship this good for a decade like this is pretty... And very well, impressive that it even went that long because you could tell testament of how good of a friends and the friendship mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Although this uh, is this part sad, though, because it says, strong. for the chorus, it says... Uh, uh, <laughs> Will the things we wrote today sound as good tomorrow? And then, will we still be writing in approaching years, stifling yawns on Sundays as the weekends disappear? So, it's like kind of asking, put, putting that question out there. But like you know, as we know, they stopped writing together shortly there, you know, after this. Um, not long after. No. So. So at this point, yeah, I think they were still, uh, you know, for the most part, looking, you know starry-eyed and bushy-tailed and thinking that it was going to keep going um even though you know like i said earlier i think bernie's you know still kind of dropping these hints but without the writing on the wall yeah yeah i don't know if he knew this was the last one but i think he knew that maybe at some point they were going to um maybe could tell separate ways and you know a shift with strangers something was happening well you know if you I don't know if you're if you're like if you put your like ego aside or whatever you can kind of see where you and people are going you know if you don't you know if you just kind of take into account who you are and what you like and what you're doing in life you know sometimes you can kind of see it a little bit it's, it's i always like to, to call almost it almost famous mm-hmm mm-hmm I always like to call that effect like getting away from the raw relationship before you're forced to. Because if you can do it before you're forced to, then then you don't, even if you like end it for a while, it doesn't have to be damaging. Because it's uh-huh. only when you're forced to, that's when things get serious and that's when words are said, things are thrown, yada yada. Uh-huh. You know? <clears throat> Yeah, it seems like they always kept it at a pretty, um, pretty positive place, you know. Um, 
Yeah, this is this is like probably the happiest. I think this is my well. The next song's kind of happy, but it's like the next time's kind of happy, but it's a little somber too. Um, it's called uh, "We so All We All Fall in Love Sometimes." Down. You know what I, what I like about that clip is that like the, the message is is very much an old message of 50s doo-woppy kind of like you know kind of feel it does it does feel way, a little old the way that's recorded that's cool. is very 70s even even kind of Billy Joel like in that it sounds it sounds kind of mature for the sound even on a mature album well, this one also reminded me of Paul Simon again, um, but this time not like, you know, uh, call me Al Paul Simon, but like born in, you ever hear the song born in Puerto, uh, Puerto Rico? Um, no. It's, 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 uh, it's off of uh, songs from the Cape Man, but um, this kind of reminds me of like Paul Simon in that album a little bit, um, but it's... Um, Sorry, I forgot what you were saying, John, before I, I chimed in. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I did take a rip right before uh, the end of this uh, clip. I think. <clears throat> yeah, you'll have that there. That, that uh, affects your short-term memory there, you know. Um, but no, this track has got some of that, you know, a little bit of that electronic stuff in the background like we were talking about. And... Uh, I think that it's talking about, um, well, from I looked at the notes, um, it's kind of about how in love with Bernie Elton is, but in like kind of a platonic way, you know? Well, you know, you know, and it, it even kind of states right here in verse two, we wrote it and I played it. Something happened. It's so strange, this feeling. Mm-hmm. The notions were childish, simple tunes that, that tried to hide it. But yeah. when it comes, we all fall in love sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It really kind of encapsulates what you were saying, especially, you know, especially because the we wrote it and I played it. That that's a straight lyric telling job. We wrote it. I wrote the lyrics. You wrote the songs. But Elton played it. Well, yeah, that's what's cool is, like, there's, you know, clearly some, like, you know, talk between the two about the writing process, because, I mean, like, you know, Bernie's writing it, but Elton John is saying, I, you know, this, you know what I mean? So it's from the perspective of Elton John, but it's written by Bernie, mm-hmm. which is, like, very interesting that, you know, like I said, I mean, I've, I've said it a couple times, but it's, like, really interesting that they're even able to do that. But, um, yeah, I think that it's really cool the way that he, uh, I don't know, the way that, like, he's he frames this, like, you know, falling in love with his friend in a platonic way, and there's not some 
homophobic reaction or there's not some like weird, you know, uh, uh, you know, and, you know, shutting down of that kind of feeling. It's a very raw, um, you know, male to male relationship. It's not like. It's like Kevin Smith, heterosexual life mate, Jane Seinbub. Yeah, definitely. You know, he, he's, he's one of those like sensitive dudes that like wants to tell all of his male friends how much he loves them, you know, like, and, uh, it being, you know, really okay, you know, but, um, yeah, sorry, I had a phone call that I'm, I exited. <laughs> um, we have lost, uh, John right now. Uh, I don't know where he went. He's, oh, he's, no. he's disappeared, but I think I hear, I think I hear something. I think I hear something. Entering the room. He's rustling around. There's something. Oh, there. Oh, there. There it is. There it is. You guys hear that? That is the sound of John crack, cracking open another one, so he can uh, rejoin us. Welcome back, John. Oh, sorry. Welcome back, John. Yeah. Uh, we all fall in love sometimes. What are your thoughts? Every once in a while. <laughs> no, you know, it's just another, it's another beautiful song on the album, and really kind of brings you into the end. Mm -hmm. That this is this is definitely nearing the end of part one of mm -hmm. your journey. But again, you know, you, you, I love the symmetries, and part of it's because I'm actually watching that uh, that Michael Jordan documentary oh, because and the way they the way they're doing it. The male relationships and the, the no 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 it's team? just like it's it's not even about that but it's like oh, okay. it's like the symmetry that I'm talking about because the way they do the documentary is they do parts of it covering like the later seasons like 97 98 and then all of a sudden it'll be like 1997 19 September 3rd 1992 or some something like that you know like and then all of a sudden they're talking about a similar part of the jury that they did in like the beginning, which is kind of what this is. It's a, it's mm -hmm. a tale of their beginnings, but it's tinged by the present. Yeah. Which yeah. is going to become the future, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, apparently, uh, the last track is kind of a, uh, supposedly it's a continuation of this track. So, um, this song is called, uh, Curtains. So, last track, Curtains. I hear that in the background, Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Some like Bee Gees. With all those of... oolahs and e's. Yeah, yeah. And th this is what left me wanting more. You know, like it just it had a re it like a, as like almost a two minute fade What's out. What's next? With yeah, I know, right? What what what's Which coming there next? There is a next, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes. Uh, well, Are apparently, yeah. The there's there's the reverse way? there's a a, a a a sequel to this album apparently called Captain and the Kid, the Captain and the Kid. So I'm gonna be listening to that shortly, but um, 
yeah, it, it this is like it, it ended like making me want to hear more, you know. But which doesn't you know what I, I'm not going to does it's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Like just you maybe know, start it, the de- first track I'm not again. Deny the uh, nice little throwback to the scarecrow. So wait, a big part of uh, Yellow Brick Road. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. I didn't catch that. <coughs> I didn't is catch Elton, that is Elton the scarecrow, or is is uh, Bernie the scarecrow? I I believe that's left up to interpretation, Brad. Okay. Maybe it's just the goddamn scarecrow. Maybe it's the maybe it's the Wizard of Oz scarecrow, you know? Maybe it's the, the scarecrow. Brick road. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he did say goodbye. This to is us. the this yeah. is the end, and it's funny because I think this is the album that was right after Yellow Brick Road. That this is the end mm-hmm. of the Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. This is the end of the journey. Yeah. Of Captain Fantastic. Yeah, and ju- you must have had and a once upon a time Captain. is like one of the last lines is you know you must have had a once upon a time so it's like they've had oh, they their, their album their nothing journey. like the oh, magic of that uh, what's up oh there was an album between this and goodbye yep okay caribou oh and that was that was quite a good one too all right oh but so yeah, so three was a good year's two albums back to back and then it was caribou and then now this one okay okay so wait so is this the last album with him and bernie I no, no. I, I, I think Bernie. Well, I think Bernie had some hits on other stuff. I don't think they really split until like the band the left the, the mid half. Well, yeah, well yeah. he can. He canned a bunch of the band. Yeah, I mean, he canned like half of the band. Like by the next album. Yeah, they parted ways. Yes, correct. <laughs> but I like it. Uh... This is a good way to end it, though. This is a good way to end the uh, the whole, you know, discography Journey. together. Yeah, um, and I think that I think that it's it's important that they say, you know, I once what what was it? He says, I once wrote such childish words for you, but that's okay. There's treasure children always seek to find, you know. Um, so it, it's there is that kind of feeling throughout, like they're like you know they're like friends that you know met in childhood or something. Like they're they're friends that like knew each other forever. Um, like Elton John has called him like a soulmate, you know. Um, but he is his lyrical soulmate. But this is like when is they grew out of maybe their childish nature into their personas, the Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy, you know. So. This was the this was the meta, the yeah. mecca. This was the mecca of their partnership. I think. Yeah. The mecca. <laughs> the mega. The mega. The mega. This is the megazord of their partnership. I agree. The omega and the uh, yeah. the alpha and the omega. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, yeah, a lot of really great like like vocals in the last two minutes here a lot of layers lot of, i like the nah. yeah uh, oh, 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 oh. yeah um but yeah that's uh that's uh this album that's, that's captain, uh, captain captain fantastic and the captain brown fantastic dirt cowboy. and the, the brown dirt cowboy 
Any any uh, any final thoughts, uh, Dave, on the on this? Uh... On the album, no. I would say if you haven't heard, listened to this one, listen to it and yeah. dig deep. I would say just go back, listen to all the old albums, listen to the first the first of their eight. They're all solid. I definitely will be. I've I've heard. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, and this all the way through. So now I really need to dive back. Honky Chantel's great. Don't mm-hmm. was it? Uh, don't shoot me or don't shoot me. I'm on only the piano man. I believe those are fantastic too. Okay. You know what I like about covering this one first because we're gonna cover other Elton John albums. I mean, yeah, he's got a couple. Yellow Brick stuff. Road is 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 like locked into place at some point for us uh-huh um but what i like about covering this one first is that this is like a good summary album for what elton john and his band and bernie did throughout the earlier throughout the like the 1970 to 75 yeah it definitely shows so anything else that we cover of. after this is just it's just like you know something that contributed to this album and it's really it's it's really something that we can have a little more liveliness on because we know how it ended. Uh huh. So we can know that like during when we're listening to like something like Yellow Brick Road, we we know that this is when they were in there. This is when they were having fun still. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um. But uh, yeah, before we get out of there here, uh, you guys want to get into what we've been uh, listening to lately? Huh? Eh? Eh? Who wants eh? to? Who wants to start? <laughs> John? Dave, you haven't Dave? been on here. In a oh yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave. What have you been listening to lately? Yeah, I've been busy. Uh, so got like a little music group with some friends, and we all make playlists or share tunes and. There's a a friend Ben threw it together, and there's a, a, a band I used to love. It's sort of like a, not like a, I guess like a jazz background, but uh, the band Plus or the Bad Plus. They did some good covers, but I listened to actually a lot of Bad Plus. Okay. Uh, some older ska specials, and then ska. also uh, and also some uh, New Order again. They kind of leaked back into my last few weeks, and uh, let's nice. see. I think that was kind of about the the big tour, kind of like the last big three albums, or I mean, bands have been listening to for sure. Nice, nice. That's about it. All right. What about you, John? What have you been uh, jamming on? Well, you know, first, quick side note: when we do cover the Digimon the movie album. That is one thing I'm quite excited to talk about is the ska effect on the Digi movie. Digi mm-hmm, mm-hmm. album. Yeah. 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 Because there is quite a few ska, uh, ska singles that, that were big in the 90s. It'll be exciting. What uh, bands are on that? Uh, oh, yeah. There's oh, yeah. Goldfinger. There's uh, um, the there's, Mighty Mighty uh, Boss Tones, I believe. The, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Um, um, Smash Mouth. There's All Star. Yes. Um, um, they got One Week by Bare Naked Ladies. Yep. They have. Um, uh, there's, there's another. All my best friends are Metalheads. I don't know the name of the band, but 
the song is All My Best Friends Metalheads. Yes. And they have a couple original oh, that's tracks. Oh, Jake. Oh, okay. Well, they, have a, Jake. they have a couple original oh, tracks, though. Oh, that's such a great song. Like the Digi-Rap? Yes. The Digi-Rap is uh, pretty great. For me, that was the turning point when it just started like going downhill. <laughs> oh, it was. Like, uh... It was the. It, oh my god. Oh no, no, no question. They released that movie. They came out with season two, and then everything after is crap. When the digi past and digi present collide, time to digi side. <laughs> <laughs> Actual oh, lyric. Referring to listen, Jake in general. <laughs> oh, oh, that's yeah. Oh, that too. Well, that. It, Scott kind of went downhill after that in general. Scott in popular history yeah. went downhill. But anyways, always go see but, a Scott band if you get a chance live. It's a fantastic show. It is a fantastic show. Yeah. But anyways, so uh, otherwise, I, I've been uh, I watched another episode from that the movies that made us, and it was the episode on Die Hard. Okay. And I think the best thing that I learned from that was that. Uh, have you guys are you guys are familiar with Die Hard? Yeah. Of course. Okay. So remember the scene where uh um Alan is is falling? Yeah. Of course. Guy. Of course. He's falling. So the way they, oh, they they literally did that from the top of a building because the building that they used was a building that wasn't finished, but it yeah. was on the lot. Yeah. For the studio. And that was why there was so much like stuff like not done that because that was just that was just the building that they're they still used. building, and they were still building it. Yes, yeah. And but so they, they wanted to do this last scene. It was like the last scene that they did, and they wanted him to fall from that was that was the ending. Him dying, and uh, Alan Hans was like, "Oh, I'll I'll do my own. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my own stunt." And they're like, "Okay, so when we say three, we're gonna release the rope." And then he went, the, the guy that was the stunt coordinator went to the guy holding the rope and goes, okay, when I say two, you're going to release the rope. But you just told him, when I say two, you're going to release the rope. So <laughs> he says one, and between one and two, he releases the rope. That scene of absolute terror on Alan's face is real. Because <laughs> he didn't know that that was going to happen so fast. All right, everyone, watch Die Hard. Uh, it is a Man, fantastic film. I can still film. see that on my <laughs> yeah. No, like, I, I know it's scarred in my brain as well. And All that, right, and now that I know that that was real, that's just that's just fantastic. All right, and then you he and then he fucking... fell into the he fell into the big old you know boom, 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 trampoline thing you know air bubble thing that's at the, mm-hmm. that's at the bottom of all stunts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big stunt cycles, and he was safe. Everything worked out. Mm-hmm. But that look of pure terror was, holy shit! This is not going to work out the way I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a that's a that's a great scene. Like everyone, everyone remembers that. Mm-hmm. Um, as for me, I've been listening to uh, let's see, some Rush. Uh, we we did a little bit of uh, some song clipping the other day. I listened to some of that, and uh, Gorillas Humans actually I've been jamming on uh, lately. Uh, that's the newest full length Gorillas album that I really didn't listen to a whole no. lot when it came out, but um, it's got some really good tunes. When did that one come out again? 
I think it was uh 2015 or 16, I want to say. Um but okay. I think that every I think that just everyone was just sick of gorillas by that point and when the new album came out no one cared. But it's not a bad album. It's a really good album. Um and uh right up there with Demon Days and Plastic Beach it just didn't get the same attention I think. Um but, well because they released it so well. far apart. Yeah. Well, I mean it's it wasn't any more far apart than the other albums, but like it was just I think that I don't know. Like they kind of reached their critical mass as far as popularity goes and um you know, they weren't the 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 hip new thing anymore. So it just didn't get as much uh press. Um my dad loves yeah, gorillas. That, that never helps. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. My dad listens to some gorillas. Um it's like classic <laughs> rock now. Um but no, I mean it's 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 a good album and uh Childish Gambino also uh released an album. I think it's called three fourteen twenty. That's the date that he released it. Um but yeah, it's a full full length album. It's really good. Um, I don't know if that's the final album. He said he wasn't going to do any more albums. Well, no, he said he was going to do one more album. So I'm wondering, is is this that album? So I don't know. Um, Because he released it just, you know, online for free for everyone. So I'm not sure if this is what he's talking about or if this is just some quarantine thing. Um, Or just bored at home. That's what I, yeah, that's what I mean. Like maybe he just got bored and he decided to do another album. You know what? Billy Joe Armstrong actually is doing that yeah every friday he's releasing a cover yeah for the song yeah for creative types is a good good thing to do um you know just post to yourself doing creative shit but um my sister always says like she she can't wait one of the one of the things is that when covid is over there's going to be a lot of artists that have been like cooped up with nothing to do but write Mm mm-hmm for the last like six seven months well yeah you know put it out there guys and you can honestly expect a nice a nice backlash from that a nice backlash well i mean it's happening right now i mean we don't have to wait for it like that's what i know i know but like right some, of it, some of it will you will have to wait for you know well some i mean yeah for movies be... and tv and stuff yeah um but yeah other than that i've been listening to uh, or i i just uh listened to this uh uh um, remix of a freddie gibbs song uh from some mother that was offended by the lyrics i highly recommend you look it up um freddie freddie gibbs angry mother they do like they 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 do a mix underneath the mother like actually like reading the lyrics it's hilarious um but yeah, that's what I've been jamming on lately. Um, not a whole lot of new stuff. I've been mostly uh, just just kind of doing work around the house, I guess. But anyway, uh, that's me. Um, any any final thoughts, guys, before we get out of here? No, but I got I got a I got a plug. If oh yeah, go for a it. Couple seconds. Yeah. If anyone is looking for some good. Uh quarantine music uh, a good friend uh, he's been in new york he's been doing uh shows once or twice a week just from his apartment or his patio uh nate palin look him up fantastic uh from the local madison band the hometown sweethearts he's done a lot of other stuff he was in the kissers the guy day oh no oh no we lost we lost dave him. oh no dave he was, he was mid plug mid plug <laughs> 
Uh, no, Dave. He was from the hometown heroes and uh, and uh, the the kissers, I guess, uh, which is a, another band. Uh, Dave, but, what happened? I don't know. Maybe maybe his laptop died or something. Um, <sighs> but maybe it wasn't plugged in. So sad. So sad. Um, well, I guess we're gonna have to finish. <laughs> we're gonna have to finish this up, guys. Or, or John. Yeah, John. Yeah, this is John. Because <laughs> um, I don't, I don't. He's not coming back right now, so we're kind of at the end here. Um, what thank, just happened, Brad? Thank you, everyone, for joining us. <laughs> the album concept hour. Uh, we we all really hope Dave is okay, uh, but uh, but but we don't we don't know. Uh, we don't know. Well, you'll find out next episode, I guess. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. <laughs> Me and me and Bo Tits are okay. We're okay. Thanks for listening. The album concept hour is. Look up and like everything is just like axed and marked. Everyone's frozen. Like what just happened? Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. They're just kind of waiting like for a response. Like it's quiet. It's really quiet. <laughs> yeah. No. You you just like you just like dropped out mid plug, man. So you were saying, you were saying, you were saying something about Nate Palin. You say something about Nate Palin from the Hometown Heroes. New York. Oh, Hometown Sweethearts. Hometown Sweethearts. Sorry. Yep. And uh, he's been doing a lot of like random shows. Uh, He's he's been doing his uh, patio or house ones. He just does for a couple hours with some just great tunes. Uh, He's done a few times with uh, Bosch. They've tried to do uh, sort of live concerts together like one of them airs the other one in the background while they'll play so it's like ha- like two-thirds of sweethearts playing songs so you have bass guitar oh cool uh tuesday he actually did a full album of gotta buy voices it was like pretty solid wow uh, yeah no, uh, that's a really cool thing to be doing right now like playing those like... got a write-up in uh the new yorker about his uh concerts he's been doing so it's been <laughs> nice well. new yorker that's some good that's some great press dude so uh i would say the saturday if you guys have nothing going on in the evening check it out it's fantastic man we should hit him on sometime once you're in there you can request songs if he knows it he'll play it or he'll figure it out for the next week usually tight tight well yeah we should get him on sometime if we can like he's not like i mean they're you know like i'm sure he has a concept album he loves you know uh did you ever accept that request for that that one group at all, Brad? I don't know. I'm not sure what group you're referring to, but I Take will a check. Peek, uh, it's the uh, what the hell is it? Obvious elitist reaction. Okay. All right. Cool. I will check that. Check into that. Um, I'm gonna add a. I'm gonna sign off though on the the episode though since we sign have off. it. Uh, we have that little clip of you now coming back and and finishing the plug. So. Um, <laughs> we, we did do a little sign off, uh, uh, when you, we lost you. Cause I was like, uh, I don't know if he's coming back. I, uh, I, we're not sure. like, I think I lost everyone. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, Oh no. He, he, he fell off Where's mid plug. Where's Dave? Yeah. What was the end of Dave's, the plug? Dave's not here, man. Hey, right. Dave's not here, man. We should really get a sound clip of that. <laughs> we can totally do that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, this has been the Album Concept Hour. Uh, thanks for chiming back in, Dave, and finishing up. We will see you all next week for a different podcast. Keep listening to us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.
Brad LeBaron, Dave Gallagher, John Aker, and Scott Wesley. Special thanks to King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard for the theme music. Please like us on Facebook or friend us on Twitter or MySpace and let us know what concept album you would like to hear on the podcast. See you on Side B. This has been a Revolver Audio production. Executive producer Brad LeBaron. For more podcasts, visit soundcloud.com slash revolveraudio. Or to support new content, visit co-fi.com slash revolveraudio. Audio.